Support for NPR and the following message come from Ally. While you're working hard, is your money being lazy? Make your money work harder than ever with Ally's new smart savings tools. For all things money, you deserve an Ally. Visit ally.com. Ally Bank member FDIC. Welcome to a small batch edition of Pop Culture Happy Hour. I'm Glenn Weldon, and I write about books, comics, and other stuff for the NPR website. And I'm here with Audie Cornish, who hosts a plucky little startup of a show called All Things Considered. Working on it, yeah. Hey, Audie. Hey there, Glenn. So, Westworld is HBO's latest prestige series. It's a science fiction about a vast future theme park staffed by some very lifelike robots for the amusement of the ultra-rich. It wrapped up its first season last night with a finale that delivered on the promise of its pilot episode. Heads up, we're going to be discussing this season in its entirety, including the events of the finale, so you might want to wait to listen until after you've actually seen the finale. So, Audie, last night we got the inevitable robot uprising we've been waiting for. <laughs> or, and yeah, almost uprising. Absolutely. And answers to questions which I didn't realize were questions, but certainly some very astute viewers were on it uh, very, very early on. Speaking of, you recommended this show pretty much from the jump. What did you think of the finale? I think that the journey is the destination. I think that the finale, while great and answering some questions and confirming and or denying some uh, Reddit threads, really, it was more of the fact that we had like been on this journey with both these androids and the, the people who interact with them. I was exhausted (laughs) by the time we got there Um, because the show really does make you think. Yeah. Um, So one thing about last night's finale is it tried, it did actually try and tie up some threads, Mm -hmm. which was very generous of them considering the show might not come back till 2018. So thank you, HBO. Throughout the program, you've been watching two big major storylines, one focusing totally in the park Mm -hmm. with this android, I'm going to call him, uh, named Dolores, played by Evan Rachel Wood, outside the park with uh, May who in the park is a brothel owner outside of the park is basically gaining consciousness and a badass and and yeah and trying to strong arm her handlers these techs into helping her free herself mm-hmm. from the park free herself from this job that she doesn't want anymore especially when she realizes that one of the jobs of the android is to take abuse right. from the humans who come to the park. Well, I mean, did you think, were you more invested in Maeve's storyline than in some others? Because I certainly was. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Tandy Newton is doing more with an eyebrow and a lip curl than a lot of actors are doing on some major network dramas with their whole bodies. Right. I mean, she is, every time she's on screen, it is riveting. Mm-hmm. Because Westworld is set up so that the humans are the bad guys, you are rooting for Skynet, essentially, Absolutely, right? Like, yeah. you are at home on the side of these people because you've watched them go through so much abuse in the early episodes. And when I first started watching this, I have to admit, I was like, this is not for me mm-hmm. because it's video game levels of violence on purpose. It's supposed to be making a meta commentary on that. Yes. But what that means is that you too are playing the game. It means you too sit through someone who takes a round of bullets while someone else laughs. You too are watching another sexual assault or a woman getting slapped in the face Mm -hmm. or punched. You're supposed to build up some kind of 
endurance or, yeah. you know, to that. And there are times when the show is commentating both on the park. Uh-huh. These violent delights have violent ends. And also commenting on you enjoying the show that HBO is bringing On you enjoying this prestige They're like, you're a part of this too. Absolutely. You're as bad as the humans in the park. But that's what science fiction does really well. I mean, it implicates you. And anytime we're talking about robots, you're talking about slavery. You're talking about slave uprising, ultimately. And, you know, there have been many other properties that kind of till this same ground, right? Ex Machina last year, uh, Battlestar Galactica before that. What do you think this show brought that was new, that was different? Well, Ex Machina, um, which was a film that was about the robot itself. The question is, is she alive? What is she thinking? And what does that mean? How do we treat her? And it was all closed, right? It's a very claustrophobic film. With something like Westworld, which is cinematic (laughs) and is huge and these like sweeping Western vistas and things like that, there are moments where the show asks questions that honestly border on like, theories about colonialism, right? you know, in a way that I'm like, wait a second, is that where this show is going? Yeah. You know, where you have um, the host or the android saying like, this place is not for you. And the humans, especially humans played by like Ed Harris and the key character played by Anthony Hopkins, I think it's Robert Ford. Mm -hmm. Their attitude is we are gods here. We made you. This is our place. We will take from you what we want. Mm -hmm. And it's been interesting, like seeing people out in the, in the real world, our world, mull those things over. There's a lot of writing about this show and right. around this show. This is how we live now. This is our culture now where we I ignore go. it all. See, that's what I did. <laughs> For some reason, this time around, on every show, usually I read everything. Yep. And I just didn't want to get into I it. I actually did exactly the same thing. And it surprised me because usually that stuff is my catnip. Oh, I love it. There have been multiple podcasts about each breaking down each episode <laughs> yeah. and lots of writing around it. And I decided I wanted to kind of keep this at arm's length and just experience the show as so the show. So it could be a mystery. So it could be a mystery. Now, I got a lot of stuff spoiled for me because that's just our yeah. culture. It's where we are. But when you create a show that's basically like this, it's like a narrative puzzle box. There's a risk that you're not actually writing a story. You're just creating a puzzle to be right, solved. Right, right. And the approach that a lot of people have, uh, you mentioned Reddit, is this is a show that they can get right. They can be vindicated that their theory was right. This is a different way of experiencing culture. And this is not something that we didn't, nobody was going to, to Hamlet going, aha, you know, I mean, this is, this is. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, I think I kept this show at arm's length because the Western stuff to me just doesn't appeal. I just. Uh, yeah. I, but I say that. You want I, Samurai World. I'm waiting for Samurai Spoiler World. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Technically, that really cool train station that they pull into. Yeah. Like, I know myself and I know I'd be like, okay, is there a bar here? Because I'll just stay here. <laughs> this looks awesome. Yeah, you know, I think that, um, and I want to preface this by saying I do like the show. I think what they've done is incredible, and I envy people who can create this kind of pop art that makes people think. In terms of nitpicking things, yeah, there are lots of moments that, like, don't hold up, you know. Like, it still adheres very profoundly to what must be some HBO executive's requirement for sex position. Yeah. You know, that there are times when there are people in, engaged in sexual acts in the background for absolutely zero reason. Right. And the thing is, there are ways to use graphic sex in a show that are like narratively compelling. See, Insecure, which airs immediately after and had in its finale some pretty graphic sex scenes that had emotional 
punch. Yeah. Westworld uh, doesn't always do that. I'm right. sorry. And, and the dialogue, which is supposed to be kind of Western cheesy, sometimes I'm like, maybe it's just cheesy. Yeah. Maybe it's not meta. Maybe this is what they're doing. You would see some of those orgy scenes, and a part of it is to show you the the lack of humanity, the facelessness of this whole place. But uh, in terms of like hotness, on a scale of hotness, like Sense8 had it all over oh, this yeah, show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also transgressive, <laughs> right? Like the problem with Westworld is because it is, and again, these are the moments where I'm like, are they just smarter than me? Is this meta? Or what they're saying is like, essentially the limitations of the show are limited to its storytellers right. and the storytellers are, you know, heterosexual. It appears to be mostly white guys who only want to see women engaged in like girl on girl. Like, yeah. or is it that they also themselves as people making this show are kind of limited in what they would imagine as like a raucous sure. scenario. It's a it's a husband and wife showrunners, Jonathan Nolan, who you know, was a screenwriter for things like The Prestige and Insomnia. So in terms of narrative involution, stories kind of folding in on themselves, you can say that. But his wife is Lisa Joy, who also co-created this. You get uh, like, this is a park where anything can happen except gay sex. But also just anything doesn't happen, right? right? Like we, you're, you're kind of limited to Western tropes. And you know what I mean? There are times when Westworld actually comments on itself, you know, where there's a character who comes up with the narratives of Westworld and he's often dismissed as being kind of callow Mm -hmm. and silly and not very creative. And there are lines tossed off at him that I'm like, you could say this about the show sometimes. (laughs) And I don't know if this is like, like how, how, again, how meta are we right now? I think that's intentional. I think they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. I think they're trying to kind of say, look at, look how meta we are. Uh, look at you. We're implicating you in this, and yet we're still serving it up to you. You know, that's the, the distance that uh, I think I felt from this. Yeah. Uh, certainly enjoyable, certainly satisfying. We get a lot of violence done to the hosts so that the, when the hosts do violence at the end, it feels cathartic. Yeah. Uh, but that is very, very linear in a way that the, the, the show isn't. The show isn't particularly I know. linear. I mean, the thing that I think I most enjoy about the show in terms, you asked about other films and shows that have tried to tackle artificial intelligence. You know, I'm really fascinated about what it's asking about what it means to be human in terms of what are the stories we tell ourselves to help us understand who we are. Mm-hmm. The idea of narrative loops, the idea that you can be... I Ever since I started watching this show, I'm like, I drive the same way to work right, every day. Exactly. I sit down in front of a microphone for X amount of interviews. The show starts at four, you know, burr, 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 like I am in a narrative <laughs> loop that I cannot get out of. Um, and also the idea of does trauma make you more alive? Mm-hmm. You know, are you only really living if you have suffered? That's something like big literature is right. about that. And I really respect the show for taking that particular tact and asking these questions. Questions, even if sometimes, like, I don't necessarily want to be around for every bullet and every punch that's required to right. create that trauma. No, absolutely. You know, the pilot really did a good job of setting up the stakes, and and it ended on this perfect little beat note oh where, she, God, where she slaps yes, the fly. Oh, my God, yes, I love it. It's the series, uh, just over the course of it, you, you, we keep folding back and folding back in on ourselves. But it does implicate it. We're all in our own kind of narrative loops. And, yeah. and one of the questions that the incredibly inscrutable Anthony Hopkins, as Ford asks in the beginning, one of the things he says at the beginning is that, uh, you know, uh, humans are over, right? Uh, we've we've done everything we can. We've perfected. We've banished all disease. This is not our time anymore. It's their time, which that is a very fascinating theme. That's why I clocked into the show as deeply as I did. And yet... Uh, and also because the acting, because let's face yeah. it, this show might... F- 
crumble under the weight of its Byzantine plot if it did not have Jeffrey Wright, the amazing Mm. Jeffrey Wright, propping it up. Anthony Hopkins, again, like doing more with these little monologues than most people can do with like a lot of shouting. If you need inscrutable, you can't screw that guy. Evan Rachel Wood, just there are scenes that are just her having to play happy, sad, distraught within minutes. Mm -hmm. And it could look really goofball. It's so nice to see her in a role that shows off what gifts she has. Absolutely. And again, we've said we love Tandy Newton. I mean, I think we've always loved <laughs> Tandy Newton. But like my favorite moment in the finale actually came from the actor. I think it's Leonardo Nam who plays one of the robot techs who's helping the robots escape. And he has a moment where he realizes someone he thought was human actually is, right. is a robot and he looks at his own hands and starts making like robot <laughs> motions like what am I one of them and yeah. I was like we are all that guy right now watching the show that's great that's great okay so that brings us to the end of the show a full episodes of Pop Culture Happy Hour are available every Friday you can find us at facebook.com slash pchh or at twitter.com slash pchh thanks Audie thank you 